0: On today's lockdown Mavs, got my man Richard Stamen, aka Mavs Draft, in the building because the Mavs didn't draft. What a time to be named Mavs Draft. We'll go over the Russell Westbrook trade. We'll go over some of the undrafted guys the Mavericks picked up and all that today on today's lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is lockdown Mavericks podcast.
1: I um I did nothing. I did nothing at all. <laughs> did we do anything? No, I didn't do anything.
0: And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engst, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. Proud coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me for the maybe fourth, fifth time. The draft expert himself, host of Lockdown NBA Draft, Mavs Draft, a.k.a. Richard Stamen. Richard, what you got for me?
1: Hey, it is the worst possible time to be Mavs Draft as a name. I really (laughs) should just change it to Mavs No Draft, but something like that. Mavs free agents, anything would have been so much more appropriate. But luckily, there is a light at the end of the tunnel in tonight's draft for the Mavs.
0: Oh, absolutely. So we will get into all that stuff that I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, the Mavericks didn't do anything. Were, were you surprised they didn't try to make a pick? They had a war room and everything. Mavs.com, Isaac was on that, and they streamed the entire night, and the guys didn't do anything at all. Were you surprised the Mavs didn't make a single move to even buy a pick or do anything because there was draft and stash guys going in the 30s. You don't think they could come in and like do a future second in, in cash for one of these guys, but I guess maybe it wasn't worth it for them.
1: Yeah, I, I think they kind of wanted to see what they could get in undrafted free agency. Take a chance in that department, considering how deep this class is. There were so many guys in my top 60 that weren't even drafted. I think it was a, a shot they were willing to take.
0: Yeah, and they, they've had more success with undrafted guys than drafted guys recently, right? Like Maxi, Dorian, uh, you know, there's been a couple other guys. Obviously, J.J. Barea is one. But, yeah, they've had some, some work success that way. I was a little surprised they didn't make a single move. They had the war room that, you know, uh, Nico Harrison had the comment before the, the draft that, like, oh, i got to keep my phone on charge 24-7. Okay, well, like, what were you doing then, right? Like, that's kind of my question a little bit. It's like, well, what are you talking about? But hopefully they got some good prep for free agency, and it seems like putting all their eggs in that basket, man, all their eggs in that free agency basket because they didn't decide to to go in on somebody during the draft, there wasn't a ton of trades. There was a Westbrook trade, obviously, that we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, the Mavericks maybe tipping their hand a little bit that they are really going in all in on free agency now.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there were a lot of dominoes that fell tonight in free agency. I think, or at least shaped some dominoes to be falling for free agency.
0: Yeah, I think that we uh, I think we learned a little bit about what they're trying to do. Uh, And also, it's still early for them. We still haven't seen, you know, all that kind of stuff. Give me give me some of your thoughts on the draft in general, like some of the things that are going to affect the Mavericks. Uh, I went in on Locked on NBA today with Rafael Barlow, and we talked about some of the biggest surprises and like Josh Primo, Rafael said, was his number one. What are the Spurs doing down the road? Like, what are they doing with Josh Primo and some of these, uh, you know, they have these young guys. Now they bring in the youngest guy in the entire draft. Yeah, I
1: really like Josh Primo. I've been on him all year. You know, 18 years old, youngest player in the draft. Shot You like, liked him at 12, though? I don't mind it. I had heard that he was going to be in the mix at like 20. I didn't expect 12 mm. in the lottery. But shot creator, can defend, can pass, can shoot. 18 years old, he's going to grow into his skill set and frame. And San Antonio is literally the perfect place for him. I can live with it.
0: Uh, another one I think we have to kind of talk about is the Indiana Pacers, former Mavericks coach, Rick Carlisle getting Chris Duarte, of course, right? Like the oldest player in the draft then, by the way, the youngest player and the oldest player drafted back to back. I thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah. What do you think about Chris Duarte with Rick Carlisle now?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, you've seen me tweeted a lot, like Carlisle guys and whatnot, like they (laughs) exist. There's never been a more Carlisle guy in the draft (laughs) than Chris Duarte. Like That is his dream. Like I I'm waiting for a 30 year old to be like in the draft and and rick carlisle will make sure that the pacers trade in and get that guy I, I think he's a good fit um the pacers actually made a lot of weird moves i don't understand why they brought in a fourth big now they have four bigs yeah. under 25 that seem to have realistic upside or want to play soon so i don't know what's happening there maybe miles turner trade down the road it's a bonus trade something like that but they moved darren holiday I have a lot of questions with what happened there, but Duarte is a good fit there being a combo guard who can shoot and defend.
0: Yeah, they have, so have Miles Turner, they have Sabonis, they have Gogo Bataze, and they have uh, Isaiah Jackson now. another I had made this joke on Lockton NBA. I'll do it again here. Uh, another skinny center from Kentucky yeah. that's a rim protector playing for Carlisle. We've seen this once before. Yeah. <laughs> is it going to work this time? Hey, Isaiah Jackson is a <laughs> lot more skilled than Willie Colley's time. <laughs> I was saying we're Noel. Oh, this oh, is now major. three times we've right. done this now with Carlisle.
1: <laughs> right. Major recency <laughs> bias on my front.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. A lot of people are pointing to the draft that the Rockets did. I've seen glowing angles of it. And then I think Rafael Barlow and Locked in NBA had some negative aspects to say, like, Jalen Green and Josh Christopher are kind of the same. But you love Josh Christopher, I remember, in the, coming up.
1: Yeah, so I saw I was like giving them praise and then I saw everyone was like what are they doing what are they doing And I was like huh maybe I'm an idiot so my, <laughs> my whole thing is like at this point like the way I see a lot of people who are criticizing the rockets and this is no way intended like to be a jab at Raphael or anything uh so don't twist these words but I, I think they like the Rockets have zero intention of winning next year or even the year no, after yeah, right. that. and they're just trying to see if any talent sticks. And I don't think they care about any positional fit because sure, in a team building sense, it wasn't a good draft, but like even a talent evaluation and talent gathering sense, it was a really good draft. They picked best player available every single time.
0: Yeah, and they got some guys, they're taking some swings, right? I mean, Jalen Green is a big swing that you're taking. Like he's not a safe pick necessarily. Like he's a really talented guy, but I'm not sure he's your guy that you're like, oh, I 100% know what that guy's going to be. Josh Christopher, like, okay, would you be surprised if Josh Christopher in five years is better than Jalen Green? right a like little bit. I mean but sure like, you'd be you'd be surprised a little bit but there's just the the outcome like the swings of outcome for some yeah. of these guys that have the upside and potential.
1: Yeah. I mean he's a three-oval scorer with defense. Like that's his star mold at the wing.
0: There you go. And then they bring in Sangoon, they bring in uh uh oh I was I always mess with this guy. I always forget this guy's name. Garuba. Garuba. Uh, they, they bring in Garuba and, and uh, Sangoon, and you're like, okay, well, now these, these two guys kind of fit together. You can see how they can be a front court of the future, but now you're just swinging for the fences. Which one can fit better with Christian Wood? Is Christian Wood even part of our future going forward? So I, I was I was interested in what the Rockets did. I kind of liked it, too. I took the same exact angle that you did. They're just trying to find talent. They're going out there and saying, okay, I'm going to grab this guy. I'm going to grab this guy and see any of, if any of them stick uh, because how many of those guys are, are like, blue chippers that they have right now, I mean, it's Christian Wood, Is Kevin Porter Jr. They're talented, and they could be good trade chips, but are those guys going to win for you? Are they going to get to that next level? Are they going to get to the all-star level? And if they're not, then, right, like, it's okay to draft guys that are about to be, uh, you know, similar, in a similar mold as them.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is, like, not all these guys are going to stick. Like, I think the entire plan was Josh Christopher, Jalen Greenwood. One of them is not going to stick. And if, both of them, if every player hits, okay, you have trade assets. Like, for a team that doesn't have many draft picks, it's a good thing.
0: Another one, Memphis Grizzlies get Z- Zaire Williams. They trade up for him. That was surprising uh, for me. Like, uh, you're trading up. I thought for sure it was book night, right? Like, I thought for sure they were trading up for him, and instead he goes to Charlotte at 11. But I, I thought for sure they were going to trade up, do that Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams. Now they have Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, and Zaire, Wil- Zaire Williams, who was, like, who was a pretty raw prospect, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know how to put this nicely, but I
0: hated their draft.
1: For a team that for a team that has prided. I can't like,
0: misconsider that, right? Like I can I can clip that. And I mean, send it to exactly. Sean like, yeah, no,
1: You can't even take that out of context. I hated no, yeah. for a team that has, you know, over the last few years gotten steal after steel. They got Brandon Clark, they got Desmond Bain, they got Xavier Tillman. Name it. They got the guys. They they always made the right move. At 10, they took Zaire Williams, a guy who was ridiculously raw. And sure, he might, he might develop. They needed to take the swing for the fences at, you know, 10, where like I think they wanted Josh Giddy, but I don't think they expected him to go to Oklahoma City. Man. And I think that for them, it's like they have to have him hit now. Otherwise, that is an absolute bust. They took on two terrible contracts to take Zaire Williams. And then not even that, what was pick 30? Like that was a guy who I barely scouted because I didn't think he would, I thought he would barely make a summer league team. And here he is being the first round pick. I was stunned, and that's not an insult to him. I just I thought he was more of a guy that people were like, "Hey, this is a sleeper, and do something with it and instead of actually being a first round pick that i'm I'm genuinely amazed, especially you from the thirtieth pick last year to this year,
0: yeah, like and you didn't even say his name, so like <laughs> I was going to say like (laughs) that guy was so out there that you're like, it doesn't even nobody's going to know this name if I say it out loud. So there's no point. I'm just going to say this guy. Uh, All right. Coming up. Let's get into the Russell Westbrook trade, how it affects the Mavericks, how it affects free agency. I think there is some real implications for the Russell Westbrook deal to the Lakers. Now Uh, it's uh, it's weird. It's weird, but I think it's good for the Mavericks. We'll talk about that. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, Richard, let's get into the Russell Westbrook deal. Uh, man, so as soon as Montrez Harrell picked up that option, we knew he was going to get dealt. He was rumored for the body heel deal like all week, it seemed like, and we knew that he was going to get dealt. He just wasn't a fit there. It didn't work. I didn't think he was going to be a fit from the start when they signed, him. they signed him last year. But they trade Harrell, Kuzma, KCP, and then the 22nd pick. Uh, that didn't end up staying with Washington, right? That ended up going to the Pacers. Like, <laughs> the trades were going all over the place. It was really hard for us in the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 booth to, like, try and keep track of all the deals that were going down. I think I can understand why ESPN just goes straight with, like, <laughs> the teams that drafted them because it's hard to keep track. Uh, but then they send that pick. So they basically get Harold, Kuzma, KCP, and Aaron Holiday from the Pacers, right? And then the Wizards get... Or the Wizards send off Russell Westbrook and twenty twenty four second and 2028 second like a couple of seconds with Russell Westbrook. Uh, for the Wizards, you just basically get Aaron Holiday, Kuzma. KCP is Beal's friend, so I guess that's cool for those guys to hang out. Harold is you're kind of swinging for something, but he's not helping their defense. Like is Davis Bertans and Harold gonna play together, right? <laughs> that would just be an absolute disaster.
1: Yeah, and think about it. Thomas Bryant comes off to the floor. Guess who's on? Harrell. That is not Ooh. a defensive. They did not address their front court defense at oh. all it felt like tonight.
0: No, they, they didn't do that. And then they took, uh, oh, who did they take in the drafts? So, they took oh Kispert. They took yeah. Kispert. So they didn't they didn't address defense there either. That's his whole thing, right? Is that he's you know maybe a decent defender, but he's not going to come in and lock anybody down. So uh, and with this whole ruse that they're going to keep Bradley Beal now, that this is these are moves that are going to keep Bradley Beal. They bring in Kuzma, who's young and still trying to prove himself. KCP is like a solid role player. Harold is you know it has to have a specific system or specific like fit around him. They get Kispert, Aaron Holiday, young guys like. I, it just doesn't make sense to me to add to Rui, Denny, Abdia, who are young guys that are going to have to develop a little bit. I, I don't understand why Bradley Beal is going to stay there. I'm, I'm, I feel bad for our Lockdown Wizards guys.
1: Hey, I mean, there's nothing more that a superstar wants than to add a bunch of like seventh men. So
0: <laughs> seven, that's that's nice saying, put it like that. Eighth, <laughs> ninth. Yeah. On the Lakers side, they get Russell Westbrook. This is, I mean, obviously, Russell Westbrook may be. Even more so than LeBron, I think, the most polarizing player in the NBA, right? Like, there's people that love him. There's Westbrook stands like, you know, like J.D. Jackson, who hosts Lockdown Wizards. Like, he just loves Russell Westbrook. That's his guy. And then there's people that just absolutely think he's trash, right? The, the triple-doubles are all overrated, all that kind of stuff. Now Russell Westbrook goes and plays with LeBron James. Like, what? what is that offense going to look like late into games? Uh, I think this helps the Mavericks because, first of all, you go free agency, uh, there's a whole implication there we'll get to. But on the floor, I, I'm not scared of Russell Westbrook right now.
1: Yeah, especially with no spacing. Um, yeah, because I mean, they just
0: traded KCP was one of their shooters. Kuzma was kind of one of their shooters a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, maybe they'll get some guys on minimums and some cheaper deals because of the Lakers. But, I mean, you're not getting any great players that are shooters, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, that, I, I, that was confusing to me. So now I think... Uh, the other part of this, and I think everyone's going to say this, is that Westbrook has a tendency to break down towards the end of the season. Anthony Davis has a tendency to break down. LeBron just missed the most games he's ever missed in a season. This is, uh, I think this is great for the Mavericks because I think Luca is just going to attack Westbrook over and over again. Uh, defensively, they'll probably still be okay. They'll be able to cover up Westbrook, I think, a little bit uh, with some of those guys. Offensively. They took some of the load off of LeBron James with Westbrook during the regular season, but get to playoff time. How are they going to play those three guys together? That's just going to be a mess, I think.
1: Yeah, and it's not like you can even say like, "Oh, you can play them without each other." It's like these are your superstars; you have to play them together.
0: And these are like thirty-eight a minute, thirty-eight minutes a game, yeah. guys. Like, what's? I mean, that's ten minutes that you could maybe separate them a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> and I mean, it would be five two... minutes each if you were able to separate them. <laughs>
1: They're testing the theory that talent is better than fit. Like that talent is the best fit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like this is almost the anti like Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets are like, all right, let's just get all guys that can score the, so they can score and shoot and all that. And then the they, were, the Lakers are like, well, let's do the opposite of that. Let's get Westbrook <laughs> with LeBron. So free agency angle though. Cause this is the big thick up. This is coming up Monday. I mean, I, we'll probably do some weekend shows, but, uh, Free agency's coming up Monday. This is massive. This is huge. The Lakers were going to be huge players. They had that trade package of KCP and Kuzma. They they sent to like pretty much everybody to try and figure out how to, you know, sign and trade or trades for somebody. And now they get Westbrook. I don't even know how this works for their cap. Like how are those three guys going to be able to sustain like just how are they going to be able to coincide? Like there's going to be so many there's going to be such a big tax dollar for them. And so now they just can't add anybody.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's minimum players and that's it. That's it. Like, And they're only going to get shooters too. It's not. I don't think they're really like like to kind of bring it to a Mavs angle. I don't think they're really going to interfere a lot with what the Mavs are doing.
0: No, right? I mean, because they have LeBron making forty one, Davis making thirty five. I think Westbrook's making forty. They're two like mid level like uh, contracts for KCP and Kuzma. They're both making thirteen next year. Now you have just Marcus Saul, and then you have Taylor Horton Tucker as as a restricted free agent. (laughs) That's it uh They don't have they don't have Caruso either, so that's that's an interesting wow. one. So, I didn't even know that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like he's an unrestricted free agent. Schroeder's an unrestricted free agent. So uh Marquise Morris, an unrestricted free agent. So they're going to have to figure out the cap holds and all that stuff for those guys, and they're going to be paying a lot for those guys. So that could be available for the Mavericks. But guys like Kyle Lowry was a big name that we mentioned. DeMar DeRozan was a big name that we mentioned. Those guys were both linked to the Lakers, and now they're not going to be able to go there because there's just no way they're going to be able to sign those guys. And now they're probably options for the Mavericks even more so.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like the dominoes fall, You, you can start even with guys who could be flirting with the minimum, even like it starts low where, again, they need shooters. The Mavs need shooters. I mean, they both have the same thing. They need to surround their ball dominant point guards. And I mean, that's a huge angle to look at it from.
0: Oh, I'm 100% looking at it from the free agency angle is that the Lakers now don't have cap space. They weren't going to have a lot of cap space anyway, but they now have none. Just, just completely none now that they got rid of those three guys and brought in one for them. Uh, the other angle, Jared Dudley's a free agent and Jared Dudley needs to come to the Mavericks so that I can host this podcast. I'm just gonna keep angling for that. That's my dream job at some point to host Jared Dudley's podcast because I think he'd be really good, and I think I'd be great at hosting his show. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Let's get. Uh, give me a couple other. Uh, there's a couple other trades that happened tonight. A couple other things like the Knicks traded out of both of their picks. What did you think about what they did?
1: I I also disliked their draft. I liked their second round pick, Miles McBride thought they could have just taken him outright like at 25 or something since they wanted to move back so badly. But they moved back for literally nothing on both picks. Um, they had a really golden opportunity in 19 and 21 to do something. I just – I didn't understand where their draft was heading. Um, they took a guy who I feel like was kind of a fluke as a, as a junior, Quentin Grimes, really just not a believer in him at all. I had him 75th on my board. Like It, it was a weird draft. I think they <laughs> overthought a lot of it. I'm sounding really harsh. I'm sounding so cynical tonight. Well, the
0: the thing is though, and this was uh, David Locke's whole point about the draft, and he did that during the ultimate draft, and then again during our live draft. Is not all these picks pan out? I think I saw no. who was it that I'm going to see if I can pull this up. But um, there's a, a chart going around to show like the percentage of players that actually pan out in the NBA from these drafts. Yeah. It was the athletic put out Seth Parnell. Great stuff all the time from him Uh, here. I got it on YouTube right now. If you guys are watching on YouTube, but uh, look at this chart right here. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, look at this chart right here. If you're listening on the podcast, this shows historical draft outcomes for players from 2000 to 2017 picks. So like 50% of the time, the number one pick, or just a little bit over fifty percent of the time, is a franchise or a core player, and you get down to, uh, you get down to the number two pick, and it goes down to like ten percent that it's a franchise player, and even just high rotation players. There's not many. Uh, once you get to pick eleven to fifteen, it's only like just about twenty five percent of these players are high rotation players. So it's wild after the drop off from the first five picks, maybe like six to ten a little bit, and then after that, it's just a complete crapshoot.
1: Yeah. And I mean, something David and I talked about on the ultimate mock draft was, I mean, man, 25 is a good draft. Like if you get 25 players who stick around for like seven years, that's a really good draft. So, I mean, if you think about it, the 25th pick is actually pretty unlikely. Uh, And even looking at this chart, I think that actually backs me up. So that's really good. So I but it's just like nobody wants to be wrong and nobody wants to be like, I mean, dare I say his name on I'm not going to say his name on this podcast, but like nobody wants to say, oh, Luca isn't better than Alonzo Trier, you know, like that's obviously outlandish, but nobody <laughs> likes being wrong. And like saying a bold thing like, hey, this guy's going to stick. It's so much easier to say, oh, yeah, this is why he's good because they're draftable. They're obviously good at basketball.
0: You are right to not say his name on this podcast. Coming up, let's get into what the Mavericks actually did. They added some undrafted free agent guys. We're going to talk about them. Richard actually knows who they are. He knows how to pronounce the names. He helped me do that, so we're going to get into them coming up. But before we do, let me talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I had so many Built Bars over our draft process over these last couple of days, setting up the studio and all that. They sent me a giant box, and if anyone's looking for the Built Bars, they're in my house. I took them all home. I think I have 50 built bars in my house right now and I'm going to eat every single one of them because I love them. They're great. Use the promo code lox 15 to get 15% off your next box of built bars. The grasshopper cookie is awesome. I grabbed a whole box of those. Uh, the salted caramel people were loving those. Even the, you know, the crew at WFAA, they got to try some of them. They love the salted caramel. Absolutely great. Promo code locked 15. All right, Richard, let's get into some of these undrafted free agents that the Mavericks added. Uh, you know some of these guys. You've, you've watched some of them, scouted some of them. Let's start with EJ Onu.
1: Yeah, so EJ Onu uh, is a D2 player who I know that sounds kind of unappealing at first because you can easily scream, of oh, the competition. But actually, it's not even my biggest flaw with him. Before I get into his strengths, you know, he camped the paint a lot. He really took advantage of the lack of defensive three in the key. But he has a seven foot nine wingspan. Um is a shot holy crap? Wait, he's a
0: seven foot nine, nine wing spin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, he's, I'm
0: in. I'm in. He's, he's the next Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and
1: you remember those Mo Bomba comparisons, Rudy Gobert with the jump shot? That man. Not only he can also switch out on the perimeter just a little bit. Like it's hard to to, to project that honestly from D two, but. He can step out on the perimeter too, and on both ends, he can shoot the jump shot a little bit. So Rudy mm. Gobert at the jump shot, uh, and the completely toned down version actually applies to him. So seven foot nine wingspan can shoot incredible shot blocker. I posted some videos of it of his shot yeah. blocking.
0: Yeah, go check out at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, that that sounds like a guy I'm really interested to see in summer league, right? Like that, he's he should be fun in summer league, but uh, long, real long shot to make a team or even make the NBA, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the best thing he has going for him is him and Tyrell Terry share the same agent.
0: That's a good thing going for you, I guess. Uh, The next guy, Ferron Hunt, is a guy uh, that was added by the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, so I actually,
1: he's the highest ranked player that the Mavs have signed so far as of the time we're recording this. I am all in on this guy. I had him top 60. He's the only one in the top 60 freak athlete. The very best athlete not named Jalen Green in this draft class or Greg Brown probably. So that's pretty good company. He's six eight uh, he has a seven foot wingspan um can put the ball on the floor and straight line drives elite finisher because of that length and athleticism and really good defender too so and I've also seen you know his biggest area of improvement was his jump shot you look at the three-point percentage but i'd say almost started to throw that out the window because he's improved his jump shot form a lot it went from his guide hand was way off and didn't do anything and then actually um you know he, he's worked on it a lot just over the off season and I've gotten to see a video of it and It's smooth, so I buy the jump shooting there.
0: And he's from DeSoto, went to SMU, uh, local guy, so that's pretty cool. What's the difference between him and Tyler Bay, just for a casual person that doesn't know the draft like myself? (laughs) So Tyler
1: Bay's elite at defense. He has that elite skill. Um, He really just can't play offense. And then Farron Hunt can do a little bit of everything. His elite skill is athleticism. Doesn't have like a skill set that's elite, though.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Farron Hunt is maybe the guy that has a shot. Uh, to make a roster to you know, maybe be on the Texas Legends or something like that.
1: Yeah, I would give him the best chance at a two-way. I think Tyler Bay is going to graduate from that.
0: Ooh, I hope so. I'm Baywatch, baby. Baywatch all day. Uh, by the way, somebody Photoshopped me and Isaac onto Baywatch people, <laughs> and it was a real terrible Photoshop like on purpose, but it, it scarred me for life because Isaac was wearing a one-piece, and it was just a sight to behold. Uh, Carleek (laughs) Brown, another guy, the Dallas Mavericks added. Tell me about our Carleek Jones. Sorry. Uh, the the Mavericks added. Tell me about him.
1: Yeah. So he's a really good defensive disruptor. He came in from Radford, transferred over to Louisville. Um, Mm -hmm. he's, he's going to force turnovers. He needs to, on the other end, get better at controlling turnovers and just shot selection takes a lot of forced pull up jump shots, but He's got a lot of talent. I think he's that defensive pesky guard. He could also, he's probably the second best chance to make the team, being like 6'4", 6'5", as a combo guard uh, that can just make an impact on defense. I like him a lot, and he's from Louisville.
0: And he grew up in Cincinnati, which is, I also yeah. did that, so great. Uh, Eugene uh, Omarui, tell me about Eugene. Yeah,
1: so Eugene Omarui, another transfer uh, that really found a home in his new, uh, new program. He transferred from Rutgers to Oregon, Went from 14 points in his last year at Rutgers, sat out last year, and then this year he broke out, had 17 points per game, five rebounds, two assists, played a little bit of defense, just needs to put it all together as more consistently. But the good news is while he is 24 years old and spent a lot of time in college, that can be a red flag uh, when you look at that. He has only been playing basketball competitively since 16, so he's still pretty new, um, relatively at least. But the hope is three and D and he can pass a little bit.
0: Yeah, shot 30, 30, just about 38% on four three-point attempts per game at Oregon that, that last season. Uh, that's awesome improvement. He started, and he didn't take, he took, at Rutgers his first year, he took, a, you know, his first year took 11 threes. Second year he took five threes, and then he was shooting 38%. So, like, you're talking about that kind of, like, Joel Embiid, like, progression where you you start late in basketball, and then, boom, you take on to it, and you just learn really quick. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. So, they took two wings in uh, in Omarui and Farron Fer- Hunt. And then Carleek Jones is the smaller guard, kind of a you know Patrick Beverly type, it seems. And then EJ, who's the the Mo Bamba but better. Is that what you're saying?
1: (laughs) He's a, I mean, at worst, he's probably going to be Mo Bamba. So it's not a hard part. Wow. (laughs) I'm throwing all the slander. I was going to say all the slander. slander What
0: is it? Okay. There's something about when you come on the podcast with me, you slander like a whole bunch of people. I feel like, do I bring it out in you or what is it?
1: I don't know, man. There's a look in your eye where you just tell me. You're like, come on, say it,
0: say it. And then I I can't control it. I don't know what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, when you said D2, you know, the first thing I thought of, this is how tired I am after this whole draft thing. I thought of the Mighty Ducks. That was the first thing I thought of Mighty Ducks D2. (laughs) That was the first thing that entered my brain. Uh, There you go. Go follow Richard Samen. Great stuff on the draft. His mock drafts, his big boards, all that stuff. Pinned to his his profile at Mavs Draft. Go follow that. Subscribe to the Locked on NBA Draft podcast. They'll be following these guys. And looking forward to 2022. Who's the number one pick in 2022?
1: Uh, You know, I'm going to go with, uh, I want to say, I'm so caught up in 2021. I want to say it's what, (laughs) Jaden Hardy. I think it's his name. It's probably him. He's going to the G-League Ignite. I think it's him.
0: Mm, Okay, so we're going to have to pay attention to the G-League Ignite again. Dang. (laughs) Hey,
1: next year's class is good to have a pick-in again.
0: Mm, There you go. And the Mavs will have one, so we'll be bringing you back on. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Guys, we'll be back uh, possibly this weekend, but definitely on Monday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. People especially don't want to do their jobs. I've, I've found that out recently,
1: too. I have a friend named Megan. She's an elementary school teacher. And I was out with her one night, and she was
0: drinking like a monster. <laughs> and I said to her, don't you have to do a shift at school tomorrow? And she went, ah, I'll just show a video. And I was like, that's why teachers show videos? <laughs>